Hello, hello, everybody. You are listening to Throne Room Thoughts with Tanisha. The Bible tells us to come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. My hope and prayer for everyone listening to this podcast is that you'll receive the tools to boldly declare power and victory over your life in Jesus Christ. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of Throne Room Thoughts. I am so excited to be chatting with y'all today and to be getting into the word and drawing on God's promises and fleshing out what God has to say to us about various circumstances that we might find ourselves in. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is another day to expect the great. Today is another day to align ourselves with the will of God and with his plan and purposes for our lives so that we could see all his goodness manifested in us and through us. So we are going to get straight into it. For those joining for the first time, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about our preaching potential quote of the day. Now, preaching potential means that it's not just a catchy phrase. It's not just something that people say, but it's a little something, something that we could draw some actual principles from and we can apply it to our lives. I love me a good quote. I love a a good saying that I could actually get something out of. And so we are starting our podcast per usual with our preaching potential quote of the day. And our quote comes from the late Benjamin Franklin. And he said, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. What is he really saying? Why does this have preaching potential? This has preaching potential because just as scripture says, I just love the Bible because honestly, there's nothing a person could say that the Bible doesn't also already say and, um, and say in a much deeper sense, but, um, An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. What does the Bible say about knowledge? Among many other things, the Bible says my people perish or my people die for lack of knowledge. So we know from from hearing that in scripture or seeing that in scripture that having knowledge is super important. It's important for us to make investments and spend the time to increase what we know and to enhance what we know to to develop more skills and um and and in order to um expand our minds and expand our horizons so it's good to um to know things it's it's even better to put things into practice but just on the just on the topic of knowledge it's good to know things um and it's good to invest in what you know and invest in um and knowing more for yourself it's helpful to um to spend spend time that way. A lot of times we invest on outer things. We invest on material things. We invest in things that we think will um, add value to us physically and externally. Um, but really and truly, as a, as the quote says, um, investment in knowledge is what what will yield the the best interest and yield the best results. So I really really do love that quote, and I really do encourage you guys to. Um, to invest in yourselves, invest in yourself by taking a class, taking a course, going to a workshop, reading scripture, of course, getting closer to the Lord, 
um, going back to school, if going back, to, if, if school is your thing, I know that's not everybody's thing. Speaking of which, I'm currently taking my last class towards my master's in theological studies. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I remember when I graduated from school with my first master's, my master's in social work, my MSW. And I said to myself, I will never go back to school. It would take Jesus to come and tell me to go back to school before I go back. And Lord, that is exactly what happened two years ago, literally while I was in church. Um, And the spirit... um, nudged me and urged me to to go deeper and to and to um pursue studying God in a formal way in a formal disciplined way um and so here I am two years later about to be done I am so excited this is such a blessing it's been a privilege to be able to to learn about the Lord and to learn about um to learn about Jesus Christ in such a way so I'm pretty excited and um, I don't know what the future holds I don't know what I'm what I'm gonna do necessarily with that um, degree but I am happy to have it and I'm happy about um, everything that I've learned I've, I've learned some things that I would I just wouldn't have learned otherwise because I wouldn't have pushed myself to do it and I wouldn't have necessarily been interested in um, learning hermeneutics or learning how to exegete scripture and these kinds of um, formal formal ways of approaching the word of God so it's it's helpful that I that I went down this road and I'm sure God um, has his plan and his purpose for that so shout out to um knowledge and increasing your knowledge and 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 your information. So, now that we're on from our preaching potential quote, let's get right into what we're going to be talking about today. So, today on Throne Room Thoughts, we're talking about how to wait well. How what do we do while we're in a season of waiting? What how do we behave and conduct ourselves? How do we govern our thoughts while we're in a season of waiting? Um, What we want to do is we want to keep our thoughts focused on being bold, confident, joyful, content. We want to maintain our cool while we're in a season of waiting. The thing about waiting is nobody likes to do it. I am terrible at it. And so I'm literally preaching to myself right now, ministering to myself right now. Um, and I do a lot of devotionals about different um, different um, ways to wait and, and things like that and how to wait well. So um, the thing about waiting is you don't know, we don't necessarily know how long we're going to have to wait. We're not in control Um, sometimes we're not in control of when the waiting season ends, when the waiting period ends there. Sometimes there are many other factors and many other people involved that, um, that we cannot control and that we cannot anticipate. And so, um, waiting is in and of itself an anxiety provoking thing. It is something that causes us to feel very uncomfortable and, and, and causes us and, and can cause us to feel, um, frustrated and defeated during the process. So what we want to do on Throne Room Thoughts today is break down some ways that we can wait well and keep our thoughts strong, keep our minds focused during that waiting period. Um, Not to say we won't have moments of weakness because that's just what comes with the territory of being in this human body. But what we want to do is have a, a, a template and a default setting to revert back to that will um, reroute us when we're, when we're slipping a little bit. So, um, 
four easy points that I want to go over with you guys. I be really trying to keep this stuff brief. I really do because I could go on and on and on about what the Bible says about things and different ways to um, to apply that to our lives. And so I really try to keep it brief because I want it to be practical for everybody and I want it to be things that um, that you could readily draw on when you need it, like a little, like tools in your toolkit. So that's what we're doing, putting tools in our toolkit so that when we need it, we could draw, draw on it at a moment's notice. All right, so the four things. So the first thing is to... Pray with expectancy. The second thing is to praise and worship while you wait. The third thing is to read and meditate on the word of God. And the fourth thing is to be of service to others. So let's look at praying with expectancy. A lot of times we ask God for things or we're hoping for things and praying for things and we don't really think about it beyond praying for it. So we go to God in prayer or we tell God we we want this and, and this is our request, but we don't then follow that up with a heart and a mind that's actually expecting it and that's in preparation for it. So it's important to be in expectance, be in a state of hope that God will come through on what you're what you're waiting for and what you're praying for and to be also in preparation for it. That's like imagine you're praying to God for a job. You're you don't have a job right now, you're praying to God for a job. And every day you wake up and you pray for this job. And you, nothing's really happening. You don't see really anything shifting, anything moving, but you're 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 keeping at it. You're focused, you're getting up every day, you're praying to God and you're and you're um letting him know that you you need this job. What are you doing beyond that? Because there's a level of preparation that has to take place so that when you do get the job and when the opportunity does present itself, you're ready and you're available to receive what God has for you. So is your resume on point? Um, are you are you doing mock interviews? Are you practicing interviewing with others? Have you researched the company? Do you know anything about the company? Do you have any questions about the position that you want to bring to the interview in the event that you're that you're interviewed? Do you have your interview wardrobe on point? Is everything in line for when you do get that call so that you're ready and available at a moment's notice and you don't have to then move things around to make yourself available? So there's a level of preparation, expectation and hope that's involved when we're um, when we're praying for something and expecting God to come through. Let's look at what scripture says. In Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, um, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So we, we already know what's going to motivate us to be bold, what's going to motivate us to have confidence, because it is it does get to be a little disheartening when you're hoping for something, praying for something, and you don't really see anything happening with your naked eye. So in order to give you the confidence, in order to give you the boldness to even have the nerve to ask God for certain things and to expect and pray for certain things, we can do exactly what scripture said. Hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So since he can be trusted, then we can boldly proclaim that we got the we got that job. 
We have those finances. Our children are serving the Lord. There's no more addiction in my family. I'm breaking generational curses. There's going to be lives changed through me and through my existence. You can boldly declare these things because God can be trusted to keep his promise. The scripture goes on to say, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. This actually ties into the serving others aspect in terms of being of service to others. That doesn't always um, come as second nature to us because when we're going through and when we're having a hard time, um, when we're in our own waiting season, we feel like we need somebody to throw us a lifeline. We feel like we need somebody to, to um, you know, the fo- you know how they have phone a friend on um, <laughs> on who wants to be a millionaire. You feel like you need to phone a friend, but. Remember that the way God sets things up sometimes, he wants us to do exactly what's contrary to our nature. He wants us to do exactly what the opposite of what we would really be doing in a situation like this. And so when we are in a waiting season and when we're um, in, a, in, in limbo, not, not really knowing exactly when things are going to play out and when things are going to be resolved, a good thing to do is to be in service to others. So let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And this could be something on a wide spectrum, right? So serving others could be something as small as praying for somebody. Sometimes somebody just needs you to pray for them or to come into agreement with them on a certain subject. Sometimes a person just needs you to give them a word of encouragement, to shoot them a text, um, place a phone call and let them know, I was thinking about you, I'm praying for you. How are you? How's everyone? How's everything? Sometimes people get so caught up in their own thoughts and 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 the, the devil can really come into your, your mind and make you feel isolated, alone, like nobody cares, like nobody's thinking about you. Sometimes you are that phone call that that person is waiting for and you don't even know. Sometimes that text from you, that word of encouragement from you is what's going to keep that person from committing suicide or what's going to keep that person from from going down um, a dark path and, and you don't even know. And so staying in a mind frame that you could be of service to someone else is, is, a, is a good way to look at things and a good way to take your mind off of your situation. Sometimes you think you got it bad and you, you start helping somebody else with something or having a conversation with someone else and you're like, wow, that's, a, that's real bad. That's bad, bad. And so you can then you know, keep that person in prayer, keep that person in your thoughts, go to God on behalf of that person as well. So um, I digress a little bit because we're really not talking about service right now, but because that scripture tied into service, I figured let me just um, expand on it. Okay, so praying with expectancy. The second scripture that I wanted us to look at comes from the great King David in Psalm 5, verse 3. And he says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. So King David is saying each morning he prays to the Lord. He brings his request to the Lord, but he doesn't stop there. He brings his request to the Lord and he waits expectantly. So again, waiting expectantly is waiting in preparation. It's waiting and knowing that you have everything already in place. So when you get what you're asking for, you can just hit the ground running because everything is already in order for you to receive what you're what you're expecting. Um, okay. So, um, the third scripture that I want us to look at comes from Romans eight and 28. And this talks to the, the issue of waiting with expectancy and with confidence. And it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. 
Love, love, love this one. And we know that all things work together for the good. So what things? All things. All things mean all things. It means the uncomfortable things. It means when we're in that waiting season, when we're in doubt, we're in limbo. We don't know which way to turn. We don't know how it's going to work out. Our fate feels like it's in somebody else's hands and we're hoping that they do the right thing. These, all these situations have the potential to work for your good. It doesn't always feel that way. And it's truly challenging to see it that way when you're in the midst of the storm. But that's exactly why scripture is here so that you can get it down in your spirit, meditate on it and draw it out when you're when you're feeling doubtful and when you need it. But yes, scripture says all things work together for the good. So again, you could wait with expectancy. You could wait with confidence because you know that God has already told you that all things work together for your good. So even those situations that are uncomfortable and unpleasant work for your good. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine actually earlier today, and he said something like, you know, I used to feel like I was a person that things were happening to. Now I feel like a person that things, now after reading scripture and spending time with God, I feel like a person that things are happening for. And that it, isn't that just exactly how we've all felt at one time or another, like a victim of our circumstances or like, why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? What What's going on? And I said to him, as a child of the most high God, things are never happening to you. They're only happening for you. And so that was really a moment where where I I thought about what he was saying and I remembered like wow that that that's real talk sometimes life is hard and situations are unfair and it really does feel like life is beating and battering and and bruising you but as a child of the most high god things are never happening to you they're always happening for you god can work every and anything out for your good and he will because he said he will so that is um, where we are with praying and, um, and living with expectancy. So let's go on to the subject of worship, praise and worship. The verse that I want to, the scripture verse that I want to highlight comes out of 2 Chronicles 20 and 22. Um, so just to give it some context, what's happening here is the, the armies are about to go to war and they're about to fight. The king tells the singers, um, a.k.a. the Levites, to go out ahead of the army and to begin to sing praises and worship to the Lord in ahead of the army. Now, this sounds completely ridiculous, right? Like, in what situation would you be about to get into some serious battle, some serious combat? And you're like, oh, the singers need to go out in front, though. That doesn't happen. In, in your mind, you're thinking the biggest, the strongest, the toughest with with all the swords and the chariots and the artillery or whatever. These are the people that need to go out, you know, to, to go out out front. Um, but because God is God and he does things a very um, interesting way in scripture, we read that the singers went out front. The singers began to praise and worship and sing to the Lord. And the armies ultimately began to fight themselves and defeated each other. The, the king's army didn't even didn't even have to really fight because the, they fought each other and and basically did the, the dirty work. So scripture says in in Second um, Chronicles 20 and 22, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. 
Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very at that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sir to start fighting among themselves. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sir to start fighting among themselves. So here we see a prime example of what our praise and worship can do, the, the power and the influence that our praise and worship has. Listen, the enemy... The devil, when he sees that you're stressed, when he sees that you're frustrated, when he sees that you're feeling defeated, he knows that that is ripe ground, that is fertile ground for him to come in and further confuse you and for him to come in and further frustrate you and keep you down and keep you feeling burdened and weary. The last thing the enemy is expecting us to do is praise the Lord when we're sad, praise the Lord when we're mad. Sing praises to the Lord and tell him about how good he is when we're disappointed and when we're afraid and doubtful. The last thing the enemy is expecting us to do is praise the Lord when our circumstances look like we should be frustrated with God and turning our back on God. And so our praise and our worship is very powerful and it 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 actually is a tool that we could pull out of our toolkit that when we are going through, find a song that ministers to your heart. And that ministers to the Lord as well. Get into communion with the Lord. There's so many wonderful songs out there. And we'll talk about some later on in the in the episode about what I'm listening to. But there's so many good songs out there that speak to a variety of situations that we might be going through. And at the same time, the praise and worship songs that are out there are actual scripture verses that you're singing back to the Lord and creating a very powerful atmosphere and creating a shift in your mood too and in your in your emotions as well. And so um here in Second Chronicles twenty and twenty two, twenty to twenty two, we see the power of praise and worship. Okay, so the next area we wanted to look at is the area of service. Again, this is contrary to what you might be, you might feel like you want to do. And it's contrary to what your mind and your emotions might be telling you to do. But when we look at scripture, it actually makes great sense. So let's look at the first, the first um, scripture. It comes out of the book of Luke chapter six, verse 38. And it says, give and you will receive your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I love this verse. I love this verse because it tells you the extent to which God is 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 able to bless you when you are a blessing to someone else. And it tells you the importance of actually sowing good seeds and being a positive, a positive influence in someone else's life. It says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. So you're not just going to get back what you give out. You're not just going to, you're not just going to reap what you sow. 
you're going to receive even more. It says, the Bible says, press down, shaken together so that you could make room to receive even more. And again, it, it tells us the importance of being a blessing to somebody else and being of service to someone else that, that, that God will bless you and he will bless you more abundantly, that he will, that he will show you that you're taken care of, your needs are covered, your issues are are under his control and he got you, he has your best interest at heart. So when we give and when we're a service to somebody else, we could expect to reap a nice, a nice reward because we're in obedience to God. Not to say we should give with the mentality of getting, not to say that we should do things expecting a specific result, but the reality is there are benefits and privileges of being in obedience. And when you give to someone, God's principle says you will receive back in full and then some, and that's just biblical. And so, yeah, there are benefits to being in obedience and you do, we do want to see the fruit of our obedience. And so, um, Luke chapter six, verse 38, something to bear in mind. The next scripture I wanted to get into comes from first Kings chapter 17, and this is 12 to 16. This is also a very interesting, um, story that we see in the Bible because, um, the prophet Elijah was instructed by God to go to a lady's house, right? So he tells Elijah, um, this lady is expecting you. She's gonna, she's gonna feed you at this point. The land is in famine, right? They had like a three-year famine or whatever. And so God is making sure that along the way he's Elijah's provision. He's the one setting Elijah up to, to have food and water wherever, wherever he goes. So now God tells him, go to this lady's house. She's going to feed you. He gets there. The lady is a widow who has, um, nothing, right? So he tells the lady, um, I need something to drink. I need something to eat. And she's like, listen, I got you on the drink, but, um, I don't, I, I, I only have, very limited amount of food. And I was literally about to cook the last drop of food that I had. And then my son and I are, are going to die because I don't have anything left. So, th- so here he goes telling this lady, listen, I need you to cook me something to eat. And the lady's like, what? The, the, the last bit that I have is just for me and my son. We don't even have anything to eat after that. Elijah tells her, okay, cook the food that you were going to cook, but make something for me first. Make some food for me first. And she's like, wow, well, how does this make any sense? But be that as it may, she does it. So she cooks him the food. She she gives him the food. And let's look into scripture and see what happens. So scripture says, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you've just said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. So we see here something extremely interesting happens. She had to 
first help Elijah in order to see the promise of the Lord come to fruition. She had to first be of service to someone else, despite that she was down and out, despite that she herself would have had nothing left after giving what she had. Some of us only give um, what we could afford to give or we, we only give when we have an abundance of something. In this case, she gave not knowing where the next was going to come from. Right. So only when she gave, only when she made the food for Elijah, did God's promise become fulfilled. And it says there was always room enough. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. So we see here again, the importance of being in service to and being in obedience, quite frankly, because he did say, this is what the Lord says will happen if you, you know, if you do if you do X, Y, and Z. So um, we see the importance of being in service to others, super important. And, um, and it does yield positive results. And again, we see an example of God coming through on his promises. So we can trust that God will do just as he says he will do. Um, I love that song. God is able to do just as he says he will do. He's gonna fulfill every promise to you. That is my jam. He's able. He is able to do just as he says he would do. So what did we really and truly learn today? Today we learned about how you maintain throne room thoughts during waiting periods and during seasons of doubt and uncertainty. We learned about how to stay bold, how to stay confident, how to stay joyful, how to be content despite circumstances maybe being to the contrary. And what are the kind of things that we could actually do and walk out in a practical way to keep our minds in a, in a space of boldness and to keep our minds in a space of victory. And so... um. As usual, I love to be able to delve into the word with you guys. I love to expound on what God has to say and hear what God is saying to us through his word. And it's always a pleasure, a privilege, and an honor to be able to do that. Let's move on to our next segment and talk about what I'm listening to right now. I am still listening to William McDowell's album. Guys, I don't know. It's really ministering to me right now in this in this season that I'm in in my life. I'm in a season of expectancy myself. I'm in a season of change and transition and, um, you know, leaving certain in preparation to leave certain things behind. But walk into that promised land that God always, always talks about. And so um, and so listening to his album is really and truly like straight blessing my heart. I'm really um really thankful for that album right now what is and that album is called withholding nothing by william mcdowell and it came out back in 2013 great great song today i literally was listening to the song expecting in my quiet prayer time i'm um, just creating a nice little atmosphere and opening my heart to god and letting him know that i am expecting a move of god so that is what i'm listening to right now Always remember, guys, we shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Don't keep all your good news to yourself. Don't be a hoarder of God's goodness. Share it with us. Email me and let me know with your with your permission. I'll share your testimonies and we can talk about it. We can get into it and we can share with the Lord, share with everyone what the Lord is doing in, with and through you. Till next time. See you guys.
Until next time, be bold, be powerful, and be victorious. Stay connected at thrownroomthoughts at gmail.com. Oh,